0: Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Can you tell I'm using my YouTube voice? <laughs> Ruto and Megan coming to you live as the Avs take down the Nashville Predators 3-1 in a party bus game on my birthday. I mean, what's not to love? Honestly, a fantastic game from the Avs. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about the positives, the negatives. We'll get into all of it. But honestly, watching hockey live is just great. How can you not love it? How can you not fall in love with this sport? If you're watching this show, I'm assuming you love hockey. (laughs) Uh, Megan, what's it like from the press box angle?
1: It's an interesting words-eye view of things. I feel like I miss some things, but I also spot things that I wouldn't ordinarily see. So there are positives to it for sure. And just being their live is on un- like you just can't compare it to anything else to be honest.
0: Hard agree. All the way around. We got a 60 second run down for you. I'm going to do my best here. It's my birthday, so I'm not promising that I'm sober. But <laughs> we're going to we're going to do this as best I can. All right. 3 two, one. What the hell is that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm also not sober. Three, 2 one. First period ended up fairly even. I actually like the Avs' possession better than the Preds, but Preds did get a couple of dangerous chances that I feel like the Avs got away with. They kind of flubbed, or Georgiev kind of bailed them out on a couple of chances. Second period, the Avs come out, they kill a penalty, things flip the other way, they get their own power play, and it's off to the races for Colorado from there. I think they really played their best hockey in the second half of this hockey game. Well, the, the power play was at like eight minutes into the second period. That's where they get their 1-0 lead because Preds just decided not to cover Miko Rantanen. I don't really understand, but that gets them the 1-0 lead. Finally, the guys you're begging to give you some depth scoring come in after that. Alex Newhook finishes a great play from E Rod on a two on one to get them the two nothing lead. They do give one back to Matt Duchesne because x player rules require it in the third period, but the Avs don't give up much more than that, and Kale McCarr gets the empty net or three one. That was perfect. <laughs> I just, I'm on the, I'm on the Balmer peak, all right? I've had just <laughs> enough booze that I'm vibing right now. It's perfect rewind it all back. Let's go back to the first period. Avs come out in this game. I felt like it was good, but not great. Where did you see these two teams matching up early?
1: Um, In terms of possession, like you mentioned, because it was there was technically a slight edge to Avs in terms of possession, but what you alluded to was the high danger chances yeah. sort of favoring the Preds, but it was still close. And for that reason, especially how the Avs gave up so early in the Buffalo game. This was such an impressive start compared to that, and it's hard to really fall short of that. Um, The bar was low. (laughs) The bar was low, but they needed to, and so I was really satisfied with this first period for that reason, controlling possession the way that they did. You know, it looked like they were getting their legs under them just a little bit, but they weren't making the same types of mistakes with puck management the way that we saw in the Buffalo game. And so for that reason, I thought it was a really great first period to build upon, and they did too because – They went on to have a terrific second period. I want to say they killed one of their two penalties, one in that first period as well.
0: Yeah, this carryover. Carried over.
1: Good kill. That's important to build off of too, right? That changes the course of the game if they don't do that. Um, For sure. And so for those reasons, I was really happy with the first period.
0: I I look at this game and was this the highest octane game? Certainly not. I I think shots at a... Avs might have just got to thirty at the end. Yes, uh, Preds well under thirty, the uh, twenty five ish. I, you know, last thirty seconds of the game, it's kind of two six. You got it. Oh, hey, hey, not bad. I was close. Either way, again, you're seeing a pattern about how the Avs' current roster is constructed. They're not gonna blow the roof off the building to win hockey games. They're right. going to play safe, solid hockey. Once they get a lead, they control the game, they don't give up too much dangerous, which, you know, we'll talk about the hems and haws of that in a little bit. Is this repeatable for Colorado as they're currently constructed? Because we're still two weeks out from McKinnon, more from Landis Cog, Helm and Byram, who knows when they're coming back. Can this lineup continue to do this night in and night out?
1: I think that's the most encouraging part of this game and how it gets won is because it does feel sustainable. It wasn't an entire... Like a game that where offense only came from the power play or only sure. came from Miko yeah. Rantanen. It was a combination of Miko Rantanen on the power play. And then <laughs> you get... Box. Yeah. Then you find... <laughs> then you get new... Yeah. League, like you alluded to, the depth scoring and... I mean, empty net goals, whatever. But you look at even just the role that Kel McCarr played offensively, generating chances. I think he's due any minute to get a not-empty net goal in the near future, too. So this formula of depth scoring winning special teams, it's absolutely repeatable.
0: I certainly hope so. I I do believe that it is, particularly with the new (laughs) hook stuff, but we'll get that going. I'll repeat that for you, AJ. That's what I got for you. Uh, Going through this game, though, I'm, I'm back and forth on the first period, right? Because I do think it was good from Colorado. I also think... They got some good breaks, and it's not like that's a bad thing. I feel like they've gotten a lot of bad breaks, honestly, over the last handful of losses that they've taken, both the last previous game and then the couple before the two wins they had. Is there any concern about the chances they're giving up to Nashville tonight? Because there are a couple where it's like, oh, that was a two-on-one where a puck just got away from a stick, and the Avs kind of get away with one. Where do you sit on that? Is Again, is the Avs getting lucky? Is that just kind of the flow of a hockey game?
1: It is kind of the flow of the hockey game. If Blaze were here, he would talk about defending that net front. And yeah. that is still going to be something they need to prioritize moving forward because you won't get lucky in those high danger, medium danger areas every single time. They were kind of due a little bit of luck, though, because they do feel like they've been on the opposite end of puck Definitely. luck yeah. in some of the games we've watched recently. So I think they were due. Not that it actually works that way. but
0: We can pretend that it does.
1: Going back to the premise of it all, defending the net front, is absolutely something they do need to think about and you look at the situation, you've got players like Miko Rantanen who are either playing wing or center. And so the right. defensive responsibilities of center are a little different from what he's used to. And so you have For sure. some forwards going to positions that they're not used to going to. Some are over committing in scenarios. And those mistakes yeah. happen when you have really talented elite players just playing a slightly different role. And so... That's one reason, too, that I think this will also alleviate as players settle into a more permanent role as guys return to health. Um, good point. I think guys will be able to play to their role more easily because I think we're seeing guys start to get more comfortable like Ben Myers. Um, I think they've shown a lot of trust in having him play center because of the defensive responsibilities required of him, yeah. and he looks so much more comfortable. So there's still a lot of positives to take. Let's,
0: I, I want to extrapolate with that on Ben Myers tonight, especially. I think he's had a good last handful of games. You're looking at a guy that this is more what the Avs, I think, expected out of someone like him. I think you can see where the NHL player is with him. And step by step, he's learning how the NHL functions, is how I want to put it. Because you see him try stuff that he did in college and the type of stuff that results in a goal for him in college. Right. And in the NHL, it doesn't, but he plays off of that. He makes a quality play. It doesn't result in what he wants, but then he kind of processes that, understands it, and goes back to work. Is he taking the most strides there or do you think someone like Foodie or Houdon is is on that inside track for that line?
1: I, if I were ranking it, I would have Foodie ahead of Houdan, but okay. Myers maybe an edge above Foodie, and it's honestly just because of where it is that Myers is more responsible on that side of the puck that Foodie isn't. That's a good point. Foodie is just—he's <laughs> been described as random, and I, I still think that's true of Foodie. It's not that he's always making mistakes; he is just kind of random. And Myers is a little more focused and has a better idea of the role that's needed of him, and the defensive work that he's been doing in Loveland is very specific to addressing that side of the pocket. So for that reason, I think that's where he's taking just slightly more strides. He's more NHL game ready than foodie in my opinion, but I've also really been impressed with foodie. He was reassigned back to the Eagles tonight. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, part of I, that is hinting at what's to come.
0: It's a, I I think I agree with what you're hinting at here with random is probably not the best word for it. But you see Foodie disappear on the defensive end at times. Right. And, you know, he'll come through. He made a couple of passes that made me go, how did he make that pass tonight? But you see the consistency from Ben Myers. How many times has Jared Bednar talked about? What I'm looking for from a player is a consistent <laughs> right, reliability, effort consistency. Yeah, right. And that's what Ben Myers is bringing right now uh, on both ends of the ice, which is a a perfect segue into the man that we didn't make king of the game, specifically just to spite AJ. <laughs> uh, Val Nichushkin played a great game tonight. Not want to take anything away from him. It is genuinely incredible the impact he has on the Avs forward core defensively. I, I honestly don't know how to put it into words how much better the Avs look just from him playing all 200 feet of the ice.
1: It's a hot topic in the locker room, like asking other players, what's it like to have Al Nichushkin back? And it just makes everyone around him better. Some of the conversation, too, with some of these young players has been having guys up there older to show them the way. And without Nachushkin there to show them this way, they haven't had someone as good on the forecheck as Nachushkin necessarily to look to since he's been back. And that's a really useful guy to look to on the ice that you would want to emulate.
0: It's... Val I think is the perfect version of a player who doesn't get king of the game but has an extremely good game
1: especially coming off injury like he's now a couple games under his belt but to look as good as he has it's just maybe some some finishing that isn't there just yet but the opportunities are there and he's opportunistic he has that prowess to be hungry and seeking it and that is very encouraging and
0: and perfectly nailed If, if Nuke finishes that chance he gets in the first period that's Let's be honest, it's an open net, and sure, maybe the puck is bobbling on him a little bit. Right. If that goes in the net, he's probably king of the game, but he's just so noticeable, whether it's on the defensive end, running a guy off a puck, or on the forecheck, literally creating chaos for everything Nashville is trying to do. He generates so much quality for Colorado that it's hard to play without him. Like, Let's be honest, he makes such a big difference in it, it's it's funny because we've talked about the abs forward core and asking them to score more which they did tonight but it almost feels less impactful than the bringing that steady level to the entire forward core so i i can't state enough how important Val the is to this hockey team
1: when you asked earlier if it was repeatable he is a big answer as to why it is repeatable, For because sure. he is stabilizing when he is in the lineup, and it does it's, it's less random. You, you it's can come to expect some more way things. genuine forward way group put when Nachushkin is in the lineup.:
0: There you go. So that, Foodie brings the random. Nachushkin <laughs> brings the steady.
1: And the random's fun, right? Like it is. We've talked at length about how much we love foodie, so I think you know people know. Yeah. We love foodie.
0: He'll be back. He'll be Put back. It that exactly. Way. <laughs> uh, on that note, we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Got a pick of the week for you. Never sleep on Miko Rantanen. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. He has money. a two point <laughs> night tonight. He scores the first goal of the game. If you see a bet with the words Miko Rantanen next to it, <laughs> just take it. It's it's free money right now. That's not a real bet. So you just made that up. Can you
1: bet on people not doing I things? I don't
0: think you can bet on people. You can bet on the team not to score. Okay, okay. Which I wouldn't do on most nights, but... Fair. Any any Miko Rantan bet is my pick of the week. He will get you to where you need to go. I will say, the Avs did cover tonight. Thank you, Kale McCarr, putting in that empty netter, so... My bet did hit. Occasionally, I hit a good bet in
1: arena. It's the key. You got to be there. And
0: uh, since I've been hired by DNVR, I am officially two and zero in Avs games that I've attended as in the in the stands. The ABS have never lost. So I I'll send you me more. Sh- you I bet know. on yourself. <laughs> uh, I, look, I got this job, so I think I've I think my self bets have paid off enough. <laughs> self- <laughs> Anyway, head on over to DNVR, not DNVR, DraftKings. Head on over to the DNVR.com too. We make dope content. I don't know if you've heard of us, <laughs> but DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See the show notes down below for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. We're also brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. Got a strawberry sky right here. Much appreciated. To all the folks who bought me drinks tonight for my <laughs> birthday, you're all amazing, and uh, you pay way too high of prices at the arena, I'm just, $15 beers are crazy, Woof. instead come to the DNVR bar and buy beers for $7, $8, where you know affordable prices happen, highly recommend. Of course, you can find Breck Brew at your local liquor store as well, use the Breck Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com to get Whatever it is you might need as far as beer. They have dozens of flavors. Go check them out. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I don't want to move on too quickly, but I don't have a ton else to say about the first period. So if you want to Okay. Second period. Priority one, abs kill the penalties they need to kill. Yes. And I feel like we've kind of glossed over this a little bit on the podcast a lot recently. After a very slow start to the season for the Avs penalty kill, the last 10, 15 games, they haven't been perfect, but they've been really, really good on the penalty kill. How much of that is a boon to the Avalanche, and how much of that is the expectation?
1: Oh, it does feel like a huge boon. Um, Not because special teams are spotty, and to have consistency in either scoring on the power play or defending on the PK, it's just hard to ask for on a consistent basis. And so anytime you have one of those two succeeding or both to include the penalty kill, which is important, it's really good to see because that was something they did struggle with at the beginning of the system, uh, season because of their system, they knew it, they didn't have that much new personnel, but there's just something in the execution, they were over aggressive uh, and they were engaging too quickly. And now it feels like, because on any given night, there might be a penalty killer in the box. And so the the PK has to adjust. Like you've seen Newhook get looks on the PK for brief moments. And he fits in well because the system is the same. He understands what's asked of him. And so all in all, it's really important, um, especially right now when there are other areas, like they're just struggling to score five on five. They're struggling on the power play without Nathan McKinnon there. Like Then you need your penalty kill to be good.
0: Really quick thanks, Mom, for the happy birthday message. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's my mom. That's awesome. Hi, Mom. So <laughs> uh, back to the ass very quickly. It's interesting conversation with the penalty kill because we've seen this for two years running now, where it's a system that requires a high hockey IQ from the players that are playing it. Their rotations are not the standard box. Everyone just kind of holds their spot. You see a lot of switching with the defensemen coming up high, the forwards floating around to the back. It requires some time to set correctly. And honestly, last year, the Avs never really figured it out. They kind of got to March and said, forget it. We'll just go back to a simple system. So I do think it's interesting that you're starting to see it click for this hockey team this year, that a number of these guys are figuring it out. And I, I, I'm just going to throw this one out there. Who do you credit more, the forwards or the defensemen, for getting that PK to where it needs to be?
1: I'm so biased. I love the work ethic of Cagliano and <laughs> OC. And honestly, Natushkin since he's been back, I know it's kind of a short sample size too, but even... What I saw from him, I talked about it in the Buffalo game. I actually, even though it ended up in a goal against not the fault of Nachushkin, though, I really liked what he was doing on that kill. And so the short answer is I do kind of credit the forwards for what they're able to
0: do. You, Yeah, we'll get there, AJ. Calm down. We'll get there.
1: Honestly, Logan O'Connor said (laughs) that Georgiev is the greatest penalty killer.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: He is fully credited, Georgiev specifically, as being one of the pillars of the success of the penalty kill.
0: And you know, as as we've loved our hockey cliches lately, your goalie has to be your best penalty killer. <laughs> yes, it's just a fact. Uh, I is this, is this a good time? Should we play the Georgiev audio? Are we good to go? This is uh, Megan's got to take take control it's, here. It's
1: really not that exciting. He's just talking about how. Good, it feels to win.
0: First confidence because I'm feeling really good right now. As Yahir gets it all set up, I'll just vibe for a minute. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's been a little, little uh,
1: unfortunate the last last few games, but uh, you have to you have to be in the moment, not not think too far ahead, and uh, just play, play a fair game. And I, I did just that. Awesome that we managed to, to grab that win yeah. Got what we needed. Thank you, Georgia.
0: <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh look, it's it's a great rebound from the other night. Where again, you can talk about process all you want. It doesn't really matter if you don't catch the W's. And tonight, you got both of those things, right? You don't feel like the Avs came out of this one and escaped with a win. You felt like the Avs played a solid hockey game from minute zero to minute 60, and they got what they deserved.
1: We have granted allowances, too, because of how injured this avalanche team is. But you know, and I asked Georgiev, that a goaltender isn't going to be so easy on himself. He fully recognizes how injured this avalanche team is, but those losses don't feel any better to him knowing that the team in front of him is playing pretty depleted and some of these games come in really close, right? He feels I fall short one or two saves and I just try to analyze my game individually without paying attention to how injured or not injured the guys playing in front of me are. And so this type of game is important because he's not being any less hard on himself despite all the injuries. And so this has to feel very good for him.
0: We talked about confidence in the pregame. Georgiev gives you a one goal against performance tonight, making multiple saves that were high quality, I would say, at the very least. It's not that Georgiev has been bad over the last handful of games, but he hasn't been on this level. It felt like you got the A game out of Georgiev tonight. I'm giving him all the credit in the world. I, th- I think he deserves every credit for this win as as much as anyone does. Is this the beginning of Georgiev getting back to that level, or is this a one-off for you?
1: If the team in front of him plays the way that they play tonight, it does seem like these these two are married to one another. This relationship of how well he performs and how comfortable yeah. he feels. Um And so I do think it is the beginning of hopefully a good string of games for Georgiev, but you also do need, we talked about it, so you need the group in front of him to continue playing to this level too.
0: And I do want to be honest here. It was far from a perfect game. The Avs gave up a handful of two-on-ones, borderline breakaway chances here and there, but Georgiev made the stops he needed to. You had a couple of critical chances, not even two-on-ones. On one of the PKs, Avs let a pass through right to the high slot. Georgiev kicks out the leg. Puck's going the other way. It's impressive to me how routine Georgiev makes it look when he's on. Is there enough trust there right now from Colorado for Georgiev to make the stops that they need him to?
1: I think there has to be, especially with how he started the season and where you see some of those less than great games happen for Yuragiev is when the team is extremely injured. And so I think they recognize that too and aren't holding that against their goaltender, especially given some of the performances we saw from him early on. And those important saves on those dangerous chances early also count. But even seeing the saves he makes late in the game to keep them alive, it just shows that he's dialed in. Like you could even see Forsberg shaking his head, almost laughing to himself like this goalie's just good. Yep. And I... I also, I, yeah, I just, yeah.
0: Certainly a scene you've seen from the abs a handful of times over the last five, six games. Yeah. This
1: relationship between Nashville (laughs) has been hard for Nashville lately. They
0: have not been on the good end of it for sure. So it works out getting into the actual goals. The abs power play roughly halfway, excuse me, through the second period. I, I, I can't, Think about anything with this goal other than what Nashville was thinking with just Miko Rantanen's at your face off dot and your your plan is just, just let him sit there for as long as he wants. I what
1: everybody knows what Miko Rantanen does at the right circle you know what he's going <laughs> right. to do yeah. and honestly the way that they're able to reset and just allow kill to quarterback this play reset from the blue yeah. line it's like what do you fix coming out of this <laughs>
0: I it it's just it was weirdly passive to me and you know all the credit in the world to Miko Rantanen he takes his time he goes oh you're not gonna challenge me okay I'll pick my spot rips a perfect shot and the avs are up one nothing. It's it doesn't always happen that way, of course.
1: <laughs> no, cuz I actually thought their kills other than that were really aggressive and great. <laughs> so they just afs got a little bit lucky there.
0: And you you take what you're given, right? 100%. That's exactly what Miko did there. Turns out the dude's a pretty good goal scorer when he's shooting 23% or whatever it is on the season. Uh, makes Nashville pay, straight up, against Saros, who honestly, like, Saros played a pretty good game tonight.
1: He did defend against some of, like, well, there was one two-on-one that he didn't defend well against, but he was also, he'd come out of his grease real high, and he would shut down chances the Avs were trying to generate the other way, so, like, Saros also played well.
0: Hard agree, And, and that might be what gives me the most confidence in the Avs, is they were able to beat a goaltender twice tonight in effective fashion. We just haven't seen the Avs finish very well over the last five, six, seven games. Sure, they did it okay against the Philly team where, let's face it, they're just not very good this year. But seeing them get on the board like that, consistent in, in the middle of the hockey game, it's not like the St. Louis game where Oh, they scored one goal and then in panic time, things went crazy and they end up winning 3 2 in overtime. This was in the middle of a hockey game where both teams are going head to head at five on five. Yes, Miko gets the power play goal, but the Avs managed to consistently not just create quality chances, but finish a few of them. And do you still want to see more players score? Absolutely. Is this better than the last handful of games? I would say so. Again, back to the the Philly game. You're seeing players break through defensively. Devontaeves gets involved. We know the Avs defense is highly involved in their offense. But you're seeing some variability there, which I'm leading up to the second Avs goal here. Who gets more credit for this finish? Erod with the setup or Newhook with the finish?
1: A little bit new hook because if not for New Hook calling out to Erod, I don't know that Erod knows to make that play. And so not only does Newhook command it to himself, but he also finishes. And so that's incredibly important. I mean the deception from Erod there too is really important yeah, as well. It so it's hard to pick just one, but I, I think New Hook's got an edge.
0: I love it because that is the player that Newhook has been in the NCAA when he's at his best in the NHL it's the player that the Avs want him to be they want him to be a finisher and yes it's a great a chance a lot of credit to Erod for setting it up great that the Avs put themselves in that situation but we've seen the Avs not finish that chance far too often lately and Newhook makes no doubt about that one puts the Avs at a two goal lead which is something the Avs haven't had enough of lately it's It's just the reality that the Avs have, when they're winning, been playing in tight games. And this game did get closer later. But the Avs this is a weird thing because I'm often very frustrated with the Avs riding or struggling with the momentum of the hockey game. You often see them, I don't want to say spiral because there aren't that many games that have really gotten out of hand for Colorado this year, but When things aren't going their way, you do see them struggle at times. And it it hasn't felt this year like they've rode the wave when it's going their way enough. This second period kind of felt like it did. How, How important is the momentum And how important is it for Colorado to be able to overcome that, I guess is the question I want to ask.
1: When we talked about this a little in the Buffalo game, how if this was the healthy Avalanche team we know, what happened early in the first is something they might be able to overcome because we know of how they can utilize momentum and apply pressure as needed. But because we understand that they are still not fully healthy it is so important for them to be a little more efficient in momentum and how they apply that pressure. And so having a fine first period and then building in the second and then building and building and building building is the reason they win this game because they're just not quite in a place where they can just apply pressure at will. They have to be a little smarter and more conservative in what they do. And so having it unfold maybe more naturally throughout the course of a game and giving themselves leads and allowing themselves to keep it It's what they need to be doing right now because they're not at 100%.
0: A great point. You have to. It's a lot harder to swim against the flow than it is to go with the flow of a hockey game, right? So when things are going your way, that's when you got to push. It's when you got to take advantage of what you have. You continue through this game, the new hook goal coming in the last 30 seconds of the second period. Something you've seen the Avs struggle with a good amount is is those last two minutes of a period goals against, honestly. It's it's a weird feeling because you do feel a little bit like the intermission almost breaks up the momentum for Colorado when they're on the positive side of that. But to go into a third period up 2-0 instead of 1-0 is just such a massive difference in a hockey game. It shows directly in this game as the Avs do give up that goal in the third period. And it's a, okay, we're still up one, still in control of this hockey game instead of tie game, anybody's got this. I do want to give the Evs a ton of credit for this third period. Yes, they do give up the first goal. We'll talk about that in a second. They end up outshooting Nashville 10-8 to eight in a period that is, for the most of it, a one-goal game. That's not a turtle. That's not a prevent defense. That's a two teams playing quality hockey and the abs being the better hockey team. Let me put it to you this way. Do you think Nashville's a playoff team this year?
1: It's hard because some of the concern I had was goaltending, and I do feel like that has gotten better. You see, Saros is playing a lot better. Um, at the start of the year, he wasn't. And so now the remaining a meaning concern. For them, is similar to my concern with the Avs, but only because the Avs are not fully healthy, and that's generating offense. Like, just looking at their power play, even, um, that is something they've been struggling with. And they have offensive tools in their top six where it just makes you scratch your head a little bit. So for those reasons, I don't know if Nashville has it or not. They look like they're not quite as strong as they were last year.
0: So, would you call them a fringe team?
1: Fringe. Absolutely. They still have, again, those offensive tools I alluded to, they still have that, and it's it's compelling. I think they're a little injured, too, in their decor, so that that's part of it, but the offense is what concerns me, and
0: they, they scored one goal tonight.
1: They need their stars to show up because that's what we saw last year. That's why they were a playoff team absolutely, last year.
0: yes. <laughs> and would you say that if you beat a fringe team, you're probably a playoff team?
1: Absolutely. I mean, and this is not even the fully healthy Avs.
0: Exactly. The Avs, as currently constructed, went toe-to-toe with Nashville and came out on top. You know there's better down the line. You know when Nathan McKinnon 100%. Gabe Landeskog, Bowen Byram, Josh Manson, even Darren Helm. Pick your player. You know the Avs have significantly better than... Uh, what they showed tonight. And tonight is probably good enough to be a playoff team. So if that's the floor, sky's the limit. On that note, we are brought to you by the amazing people over at Athletic Greens. Everybody got to get in on it. just one scoop a day in your cup of water in the morning. It will help you with, first of all, flu season, which is crazy out here. Everyone out here getting sick. AJ had it. Blaze had it. Evan had it. Frankie. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Well, I mean, he got over it quick. So, <laughs> you know, maybe that was the athletic greens. Who's to say a ton of athletes do use it as part of their daily routine. Uh, we have it on a uh, pretty good authority that some Olympic athletes use it as part of their pre-workout routine. So it's, it's good stuff. It's got 75 different vitamins and minerals in it. A bunch of different probiotics and adaptogens. Go check it out at athleticgreens.com avalanche today. When you order, you get a year's supply of vitamin D along with it, and you get five travel packs. So even if you're on the go, you can have your Athletic Greens with you. Highly recommend you check it out. Take control of your health today and hit up athleticgreens.com slash avalanche. And then, of course, hit up foco.com for all of your avalanche merch, apparel, whatever you need. And, you know, any other sports team on the planet, they basically have you covered. Whether it's bobbleheads, apparel, they got it all. Uh, chains, uh, d- dolls, I, there's all sorts of crazy stuff. They had some plushies on there for a while. They had some Crocs on there for a while. Whatever merch you need from a sports team, Foco.com has you covered. When you use code DNVR over there, you can get 10% off your order. So check it out. I think we're finally in a in a place where we don't have to say they should put casts on the, the bobbleheads anymore. Oh man. So it's a little bit better than it was. At th- a Houdon bobblehead a bobble- I'm not I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm not sure if they have a Houdon bobblehead. You might have to go through eagle sources for that one. <laughs>
1: eagle sources.
0: But uh Except they Megan with I craft them <laughs> myself. If Megan with a doll <laughs> picture of <laughs> Either way, check them out, foco.com, F-O-C-O.com. Today, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, third period of this hockey game. Uh, is it a rule of the universe that Matt Duchesne has to score on the Avalanche? Or, or break this one down for you, for me, Megan, what did you see?
1: I saw Foodie struggling to control the puck along the boards. And this isn't solely on Foodie, but it kind of is. When we talk about how helpful it is to have someone like Darren Helm return to the lineup, when he finally comes back and why it's so helpful to have someone like Nichushkin in the lineup. Those are the types of plays that I look at that I think a stronger, more experienced player would have a better handle on the puck um, because it does lead to the Preds getting a hold of the puck from behind the net, dropping it. Yeah. And then Duchesne is able to get around to the net front and clean up his own rebound. And that is very hard for Gyrgiev to defend against right in front of him. And so that's kind of what I'm seeing. It's difficult. like It doesn't solely fall on foodie, but Of course. Um, It's just opportunistic for Matt Duchesne. You expect that from him. He is someone, one of those offensive tools that I allude to, that of course he shows up when he plays the Avs too.
0: (laughs) It feels inevitable. Absolutely. A little bit. Uh, There you go. Almost a goal per game for Matt Duchesne against the Colorado Avalanche. Silly. I will say... I actually really like the Avs' response after that goal. I feel like they played some of their most solid hockey of the hockey game absolutely, in that third period when the game became 2-1. Not that it was super offensively power-packed punches or anything. It was just solid, smart, effective hockey in response to that. And Nashville almost felt suffocated through that third period. So, yes, You would love better on the goal, obviously. You would love a shutout on any given night, but it's a big ask. And I don't know how much better Colorado plays from their own end out in this hockey game. Again, given their roster, is there anything you can really ask of them more than what you got tonight?
1: No, and especially looking at the third specifically, I thought that was also one of the better periods. Yeah, agree. Um, Especially in response to the goal against. Yep. So I, I really don't have much more to ask of them there either.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny because you don't necessarily need stats or even an eye test. Sometimes you see a good hockey period and you know it when you see it. Absolutely. And despite the Avs giving up a goal in the third period, that was a good hockey period. I, I really don't have any complaints. My, my biggest concerns in the third period were things like, don't use Andreas Englund as your breakout guy. And if that's my biggest concern, you're doing pretty good. I, I don't have a, a ton more than that for Colorado. I think they really understand where their lineup is at right now. They know that they do have some offensive punch, but they can't play full high-octane hockey, and they have to be, I don't know, solid? Is that a good word defensively? They can't be in that YOLO mindset, I guess is how I would put it. Eventually, brings us to the Kale McCarr empty netter. Uh, great for Kale McCarr. Happy for him that he puts one in the net, even if it's probably not the way he wanted it. I'm sure he wants to beat a goalie. Right. But still, you'll take it. Hopefully it gets him going. Uh, consistency through the third period. Should we just get to our King of the Games, or do you have anything to add?
1: No, that about sums it up.
0: All right. King of the Games. I, I know I told you Yaya to make it the Alex's, but based on my Twitter tonight... It's the Sashas. The Sashas are the king of the game. Both Alex Newhook and Alexander Georgiev. Newhook with the game-winning goal tonight and Georgiev with a 9.62 save percentage. Uh, Both of them playing fantastic, giving the Avs exactly what they need. The Avs need good goaltending right now. Just a fact. And, you know, Alex's Newhook in the lineup is... Alex Newhook's position in the lineup, I should say, is... A little all over the place, but certainly qualifies as critical depth scoring. I don't want to take away from the rest of the depth core, though. Good, bad, great, ugly. Where the, are you at with the, the depth? With mode? the rest of the depth? Yes. Yes.
1: If this was a class where you could just like pass or fail, I would say they pass. But if I'm looking to give them a letter grade, <laughs> sure, is maybe where it gets bleaker because it's still not where you'd like to see it, and it's for reasons like we're giving credit to Alex Newhook because of what's been asked of him. He's had to be very adaptable, definitely, and that includes playing at center and wing. Like we talked about how that's difficult for Miko Ranson and kind of switching back and forth too. I think it has benefited Alex a little bit to play wing um, because I think he,
0: Less responsibility, just generally. Less responsibility,
1: yeah. and I think mentally he wants to defer and distribute the puck when he's at center. And this yeah. when he's at wing, he can just shoot and, and be the goal scorer Don't that I think, think instinctively yeah. is inside of him as well. <laughs> um, and we also have seen a lot of talent play alongside him, and he's just had to adapt. He has, and you know, the way that he's used in a given night, who he's playing alongside, it's all really fluctuated so much for him that it's good to finally see him find a little bit of the offense in spite of the chaos. And so for that reason, Newhook especially is a huge part of that depth, but everything else, it's it still does feel like it's figuring it out because, like, ordinarily J.T. Comfort would also be a part of our depth, but he's he's not there right now. He's, he's top playing top-line center. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a hard question to answer. Like, then are we talking about Dryden Hunt, Charles Houdon, Sean luc Foudy?
0: Look, it's like my senior year of high school. It wasn't great, but graded on a curve, okay? On a
1: cur- yeah, I'd grade them on a curve right now. They're trying.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, let's get to these super chats, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, $15 from Justin, who says, happy birthday slash victory shots. Thank you very much. I've had a few. I think I think I'm doing all right. five dollars from Seth who says I didn't realize Rudo and Allie shared a birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you very much, Seth. Uh, I'm a little younger than Allie at this point, I think. She's had quite a few (laughs) birthdays. Oh, only two hundred and (laughs) fifty. Yeah. Yeah, Sounds about right. Two dollars from Vaguely Sober who says, Happy birthday, Rudo. Dr. Dubs confirmed in the building, giving me a good checkup for my birthday. Much appreciated. $10 from Eddie, who says, happy birthday, Ruto. Thanks for taking off your shirt. I didn't, I just gave it the little belly rub tonight. It wasn't the full shirt off. It was just, uh, you know, they didn't score seven goals. I had to keep it on the level, you know, a little bit, a little bit, but not the whole thing. Nah, you, you, you gotta score more than three to that get off. He
1: would have gotten his NHL. Oh, that first shirt goal would have been off. If, if you had done that.
0: Oh, well, you know what? He's gotta do it to get my shirt off. <laughs> so who's really at fault here? I'm not like Gally, I would have boomed in on the valley and the torso. And then ten dollars from Josh who says, Happy birthday, Rudo. Mine was yesterday, so we're practically birthday buds. Party bus was lit. Yeah, thank you for coming on the party bus, Josh.
1: Happy belated birthday.
0: Uh, it was a load of fun. Party bus was an absolute blast. Glad for all of those that came out and had a good time with it. And then $2 from Kevin, who says, the moose got loose. I mean, I, I feel like Nashville just let him loose, to be honest with you. Happy birthday, bud. Thank you very much. Thank you to everyone in the chat wishing me a happy birthday. It was great. I couldn't ask for anything more. Avs win, a bunch of great people, great time, all the good stuff. Uh, Megan, any final thoughts on this game before we head on out of here and I go sober up?
1: I discovered Nashville fans during the anthem will say, oh, say, can you see? And they say it really emphatically. And I just thought that was really nice.
0: Why? Why do they say that part? Because
1: of sorrows. You see sorrows. You see? Okay. You see. Isn't that cute? <sighs>
0: I, that feels like a bit of a stretch to me.
1: That was all I had, though, for my final thought.
0: As fans say, the flag was still there, which I also don't really get. They like oh, to yeah. yell that part. I don't
1: understand that one. Yeah, me it's either. It's not as obvious as a name.
0: Definitely not. I, I don't get it. I definitely, uh-huh. I, I'm not an anthem person, so I don't I don't really know what to tell you. Love you all. Thank you for all the amazing birthday wishes. We're going to get out of here for this one. We will be back on Monday, of course, covering more Colorado Avalanche hockey. Hopefully they can turn this thing into a uh, a winner. Uh, yeah, I, oh, yeah. JTC is getting overpaid by somebody in the in the offseason. Doesn't matter. We're out of here. We love you all. We'll see you on Monday. Mwah!